I went out on an adventure. <gasps> Do tell. <laughs> to the recycling center. <laughs> I had a whole bag oh. of plastic bottles, another bag of glass bottles, uh, and, and a tiny bag of battery items, basically. Uh, I've yes. taken these items uh, to the uh, to a recycling center, of which I hope they've... Good uh, for you. Good for you. Good for you. I, right places. I, I really need to sort out my recycling. I've got a box in my kitchen and it's just filled with cans and cereal <laughs> boxes and other cans. And it keeps... The, the recycling thing, it's around the corner for me. It's literally a minute walk, but I'm very, very lazy. Uh, apartment mm. living, where the trash lives with you until you can be bothered to take it out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't that just living? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. There's something about apartment living when, and when you have a house, you can have the the bins like right there in the back garden. Whereas when it's an apartment, you've got to like carry it downstairs. It's unless, true. Like, when it's your when it's your own bins in your own garden in your own privacy, nobody can see <laughs> your baked bean shame. <laughs> but you know, when my, my recycling bins is in a car park and it's in full view of everybody, and every and they're all shared bins, so everybody knows what you're putting in there. Like, oh, Jeff's oh, just been last night. No. Yes. No. Yes. This certainly wasn't all me. Oh, the bags of shame as you move around. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, which does lead us into what we're going to be talking about today. Hi, welcome to Indulgently Minimal. I am Moggy, and I am joined today by Jeff. Hey, guys. And Murdoch. Hello, everyone. And yes, today we will be talking about specifically e-waste and how all of this wonderful, wonderful consumerism that we all engage in like good little soldiers of capitalism is producing just ever-growing mountains of this stuff. It's scary. Waste as like even just as an individual living in an apartment, it is horrifying how much garbage you produce. one can generate yeah uh it's never yeah. mind stuff one can collect but like garbage one can generate in a very short amount of time as well um, yeah yeah that too and following on from last week with the right to repair and planned obsolescence stuff like this is the inevitable consequence of it when you can't use a device anymore it's either got to be recycled or it just ends up in landfill and sometimes recycling it also just means it ends up in a landfill it's mm-hmm. so in another country in another country. Yeah. You have taken it. It is now off your conscience. Like, you know, you've taken it to, re- to be recycled and it's now off your conscience in the sense that, okay, I have some faith that this will be taken care of in a proper way. And it's definitely it's, that I've done my part proud. I've, I put things in the green bin and the brown bin and the red bin. I have done mm, my part. I don't need to do it. I, I, I don't need to do anything else. And that's probably not true. It, it, it's difficult. It's like when, when when you start off for simple consumables, you're talking about the plastic bottles, you're talking about the glass bottles, you're talking about the cans, you're talking about paper. These things are relatively easy to sort, relatively easy to figure out what you can, can't recycle. And, you know, there's, there's a more or less straightforward. You would actually be surprised because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of plastics that we put in the plastic recycling that can't be recycled. You know, certain food containers cellophane can't yeah. recycle cellophane any kind mm. i think it's any kind of thin plastic that is malleable can't mm-hmm. really be recycled and another mm. one that's su- really surprising everybody feels really good about themselves for getting you know the paper coffee cups and all these things nightmare to recycle apparently absolute nightmare to recycle like there are specialist processes that are trying to recycle the thing so 
You, you have the paper layer on the outside and you have that like inner insulation no. coating well, plastic wax, lining waxed, on the waxed paper yeah. is a pain but this is why I just use my trusty asbestos cup you know <laughs> just breathe it in boys it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> hasn't killed me yet no give me a sip of coffee <laughs> it's great because it keeps the heat out you know well, it's really tricky, right? Because you can get reusable coffee cups, but now you're required to go to the coffee place and have it filled up for you. Like so many people where I live order coffee. Like that's a huge cultural thing is ordering coffee. Mm. And that cannot be good for the environment. The amount of disposable coffee cups that are going around, the amount of motorcycles that are revving around the city, it's probably not good for anybody. Mm. So it, you would be surprised as well because it, depending on where you live, as you said, you can sort everything, you can learn, you know, what can go where and you put it in the right bins and off it goes, out of sight, out of mind. You don't know what your country is doing with this stuff. And sometimes we've actually discovered even the people that are doing the recycling, it's actually more environmentally damaging because of the energy it takes to recycle. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I guess it comes back to the end of last episode where the first thing we really have to reiterate is those three R's of reduce, 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 reduce. You know, maybe you should be making your own coffee. <sighs> I miss making my own coffee. Well, recycling, reusing, all of the rest of it before we then I, go... I'm loving making my own coffee. I've got all this <sighs> coffee stuff. <laughs> Don't make me you do the Wii Shop music, Jeff. I, bad, Jeff. Like, I'm going to start using the Wii Shop music as like a, a, like a spritz sprayer for Dude, you. You're Car here at Christmas. Stick. You can take them back. <laughs> oh, I am going to ransack your apartment while I'm there, dude. Like... I'm hiding the rice cooker, though. <laughs> just, 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 just show, show up at his door with a giant boombox over your shoulder, playing the Wii Shop music. <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> what, no, no, we only care for you, Jeff. This is for your own good. <laughs> to create actual trauma. <laughs> so e-waste, though, that's e I guess like e-waste is another nightmare. I mean, Apple made a big deal about this in their event last month of mm. how much, you know, the recycled cobalt is going into their devices and how they... Oh, it's a nightmare because, like, they can bang on about all this stuff, but we know that things like AirPods are basically disposable at this point, right? Like, you can't Yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not replacing the batteries in those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, you can't replace the batteries. I mean, there's no way of even taking them apart without destroying them. I don't think. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. People, I mean, they must uh, be able to do there, something. Oh it, no! That, well, I I have I often have a feeling with Apple when they repair something, they go behind their magic curtain and they do a few swooshes and they come out with a new phone. We've repaired your phone. I'm pretty sure that's a new phone with all my data <laughs> transferred. No, hmm. no, we've repaired the phone. I don't know. I don't think you have. I mean, which is uh, fine if they're going to go away and then refurbish the old phone to do the same thing to someone else. I'm okay. I'm that. I'm okay mm -hmm. with. What I'm not okay with is the idea of, I love my AirPods. I was, I've been using them a lot recently. They have become like a very constant companion for me. And mm -hmm. it saddens me to think that this device that really is having a very positive impact on my life and especially on my mental well-being, the ability to calm the stimuli of the outside world, the ability to have my music at any time in such clarity, but because we've mentioned before with the noise cancelling, you can lower the volume, which looks after your ears. Like they are 
very much a one of my top tech items. The idea that they're the headphone equivalent of a disposable power bank that you buy at like, you know, a one euro store, charge oh. your phone and then throw it away. Like that's God, horrifying. That's that's disgusting. I mean, that's because you can't, as, as Murdoch just stated, you have to go to a little special place to recycle your batteries. You can't yeah. just chuck it in bin. I noticed this. I was on a great uh, website that I buy a lot of, you know, audio equipment from. And if they want me to name drop them, they can sponsor the show, indulgentlyminimal at gmail.com. But how will they know? Because you <laughs> Who have... could it be? That, that famous European <laughs> sound supply store. Who could it be? They had a thing. I was looking at one of their bundles and they actually had a message about like, because it came with a battery pack and they're like, big warning. They, you know, batteries must be recycled correctly. Don't just throw these in the garbage. EU law, all of this. And it's like, good. But it's, it's crazy that we've gotten to that point, you know, like, please stop throwing batteries in the bin. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's an education part of it there where we chuck everything away as a matter of course. That's just our society's built around that. And why can't we just throw away batteries? If you're not told about it and if people aren't educated about it, they don't know that it's a problem. We could just put all so, our trash on a barge and throw it out to sea and then eventually shoot we, it into space. <laughs> I think, well, we already put it out to sea. That's that's very true. I mean, there's, there's that continent floating around that's made out of trash. Oh, no. Well, e-waste e e worries me for two reasons. Yeah, number one, Only you have two. all these intricate... <laughs> yeah, well, you have, you have all these intricate components, your transistors mm. and resistors and, you know, capacitors and... Viva all the fun little gizmo doodads. Yes, so like, how much of this is actually reclaimable and reusable, right? I guess, I'm going to guess, ultimately, we could be reusing and recycling more than we do, but there is like a cost element Mm -hmm. I do have this vision of a future where we end up mining landfills. Uh, uh. Once we've, you know, once we've pulled all the usable materials out of the ground and then we sort of mm. realize we've got this almost gold mine of garbage. I, I can mm. see this future where we are mining landfills. Well, it's going to get to that point. I mean, especially there's apparently there's more gold at the bottom of the ocean than we've ever mined times uh, a significant amount but it would cost more to get to it than it would than the value of the actual gold you mean uh, there'd be gold in them there waves uh -huh. there'd there be there'd be much gold in them there waves because i think all gold i think i think all no the, again, go, the, the, the golden age of pirates begins again the gold. <laughs> <laughs> one piece uh, to, to, to the bottom of the sea instead of you know sailing the seas <laughs> because i think a lot of i think a lot of the uh, a lot of the gold on earth came i think it comes from out or it came from outer space originally <laughs> oh um, this is gonna be one of those is... episodes let me go get my tinfoil hat who, who lives in a gold mine under the sea <laughs> <laughs> oh now, we're SpongeBob. derailing already wonderful <laughs> quite quite a bit, quite a bit. My, my point is the gold <laughs> is a particular layer around the earth so of course it's going to be of course it's also going to be under the sea but 70 percent of the world is covered in oceans so we can't get to it with any sort of so we it's there's it's all out there but we can't get to it and it's kind okay. of like a nice analogy for where we are now there's so much there's a fantastic way of reclaiming all of this stuff but it's not cost effective and mm. that's that's, that's going to be our downfall i mean it's sad what is it there's uh, is at the top of the thing there's a kervonahue quote saying that we'll go down in history as the first society that wouldn't save itself because it wasn't cost effective See, so yeah, I brought it back around. That's a bummer. That is... Uh, <laughs> it's, it's painfully true. Well, it's because we don't 
allocate cost correctly, in my opinion. We very much put this kind of capitalist idea of everything has a monetary value. I mean, as a complete aside, but as a way that this perverts us. I've seen people talking about how we should be basically putting a monetary cost on wildlife so that we can properly conserve them. Because if they have a monetary cost, we will conserve them properly. It's the same as the people that want to privatize and monetize all the water so that we conserve it properly. Like, how twisted has our thinking become yeah. that that's how we allocate value? Well, I was thinking mm. about this. I was watching, what was I watching? Uh, I was watching Invasion on uh, on a particular fruit-based television network. <laughs> we are not an Apple-based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just they do really good TV at the moment. Their TV's so um, good. <laughs> and it's not to spoil it too much, Alien Invasion. So the world, the world is in chaos. There's, it's essentially an apocalypse of of, uh, of the alien invasion nature, and there's a there's talking about getting paid. You're like, well, I'm paying you to do this. Like the world is ending, and you're still thinking about money, and they're still yeah. trying to allocate resources to fight a world-ending threat with money. And it's just mm. that's and it just it just resonated with me that I think even in that circumstance, we're still going to be stuck in this money set mindset. It's how our brains and have been taught to work. Yeah, it's 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 devastating to us. I'm gonna have to send you guys this. There's a small clip from like an old, probably not age appropriate TV show, Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> where they barge in through the door and it's like, ah, oh, yes. Can you tell your friend he has won forty-seven million dollars? Oh, you sent us that the other day. Yeah, yeah. it's me. It's I'm the cat. <laughs> I am forty-seven million million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, our brains it's are completely scary. rewired for this. Well, I, th I think it's because it taps into something very innate in our... We've talked about it before. We're the fat little squirrel, ultimately. You know, we are the... We're putting nuts away for winter and money, like, really tickles that human... Have you ever seen... Have you ever done... Have you ever done, have you ever done the 20 pound, 50 pound no experiment where you take out a significant amount of money um not like life-changing but you know 20 pounds 50 pounds enough to buy uh, a few uh, a few rounds with you, you could buy like half a pint in london with it <laughs> and mm, <laughs> and you take that 50 pound note and watch people their eyes follow the money oh yeah we, we just it just even if it's got nothing to do with you and it has no bearing on your day-to-day -day life we are just we see it and we follow it because it's it, it, it pure value to us and we can't help but look away. Yeah. And it happens on television. You, it's, it's a device used in uh, cinema all the time to as a way of making sure that the audience is looking where they want them to do. They put money in there and the audience will look where the money is. And it's like, yeah, our brain is just wired to to hone in on it. And it's it's kind of scary. It's kind of cool in a like in an objective scientific way. There's like heart, heart, heart ingrained through like. Mm -hmm. So it's unfortunate that now like to deal with, you know, such big problems like waste, environmentalism and all the rest of it, we have to put it through this very twisted lens. So we don't really deal with the tragedy of the commons very well. Like the planet is there for everybody. We can't really live without it. But because we can't assign a proper monetary value to it, we don't treat it correctly so we're all just desperately sawing away at different bits of the same branch waiting yeah. for it to collapse underneath us it's, mm. it's kind of like in that same way because we can't assign a figure to it we can't understand it 
And because we can't understand it, we can't preserve it. And it's because, as you said, I think you're absolutely right. Our priorities are wrong. Our mm -hmm. co the way we cost things is wrong. And we need to be costing things not in monetary value, but in a different type of value. I don't know what that is. Perhaps it could involve beans of some sort, <laughs> perhaps mushrooms. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know. <sighs> I think another route though to look at this and in the first half we've really talked about what we would maybe call the macro economics of this like the big picture but we're just people right none of us are politicians or economists or really anybody with any clout we have a podcast though that's nice yeah so, <laughs> podcasters we're here to save the world because if anybody's yeah. going to do it it's podcasters hmm. i think Another problem with this, though, then, is the guilt, right? So I don't know, like, if anybody else has this guilt of throwing things in the wrong bin when you're, like, I don't know, peeling a potato. Where does the, the potato waste go? I should maybe be composting this, get some earthworms involved. We are just one person, and I know I personally end up feeling what is probably a, a lot of outsized guilt, when maybe there's certain things that we should be dealing with on a societal level. Like we have no control over where our waste is processed, how our recycling is done. Yet we feel, and I think in, to an extent we are taught to feel a very personal sense of responsibility for it. There has hmm. been a massive amount of responsibility pushed onto the individual by the very same uh, companies and businesses that are causing this problem. We've mentioned it before, the concept of the carbon footprint was invented by oil companies to push responsibility of climate change onto the individual. It's mm. a very disgusting way of doing things because it's pushed responsibility onto people that have no control over it. And it's very similar with, you can only buy what is provided in the stores for you. You know, so with like cellophane wrapped vegetables we know it's bad for the environment we know we can't recycle the cellophane but you also you need to buy vegetables and you yeah. cannot buy vegetables at least here unless you go to a very unless you go to a farm store which is prohibitively expensive for many people due to its location and all that sort of stuff yeah. you have to buy what's available and that is the problem because you can only buy things that are bad for the planet hmm. or you don't buy anything and you have to live in a commune and, and, and eat mushrooms Mushrooms which are isn't pretty for good everybody. For us. Mushrooms are great, but you know, there's there, unless you there buy need to be other things. Yeah, just be careful. Don't buy your mushroom foraging guides from AI. They will kill you. Kill you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's difficult because you know. At the same time, like we, I mentioned, the AirPods. Like, how much guilt do I have for choosing a potentially disposable product that is having such a positive impact on my day-to-day -day well-being? Hmm. It's a really, really sticky situation to be in because there are certain things we can source and buy ethically mm -hmm, to a mm -hmm. degree. You know, we can try to weed out companies that we think are doing true harm and we can try to go for products that we think are the most suitable. But there are certain products, tech in general, is not great for the environment. No. It's just not. No. So you can either choose to not engage with it at all, which is a decision. It's a very, very difficult decision and mm -hmm. almost impossible to act on. Or do you proceed consciously and trying to navigate this, this minefield and try to choose the best course available to you? 
I mean, there is there is a value there in doing our best. There may be some value psychologically in recognizing I'm doing my best. I am buying products as ethically as I can. I am boycotting the companies whose values don't align with mine. I'm doing my recycling as best as the country I live in allows me to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe try not to put the whole weight of the world on yourself yeah. and recognize I am doing my best. Mm-hmm. We can only do as much as we as we can do to, to dumb it down. And trying to carry everything else with it is ultimately going to going to flatten you Hmm. but it's also important to be aware of it's important to be aware of what we can control and important to be aware what is outside of our control because at least with them we know potentially what we have to group together and on on mass to change Hmm. because yeah we can't we can't change we we, you know one person can't change the policies of a government but millions can Mm -hmm. the two lingering thoughts in my head One of them is basically like a conscious decision for things that are made to last a long time. They're made with a minimum quality assurance, right? Mm. So they have an expected lifespan. You have, you know, you have utility for this thing that you're purchasing. It's not just something that will end up in a landfill in not so very long from now, which Mm. unfortunately isn't the case for a lot of stuff that's being like mass produced and mass pushed into the market. The second leg of this thought is I'm starting to wonder if maybe some of the onus on recycling may lay with the manufacturers of said products since they themselves have made these things and they, by extension, would know how best to disassemble and reclaim. Exactly. Precisely. I mean, if they need to be using materials that are easier to recycle and perhaps energy more energy efficient to recycle mm. and of course the, pro- the problem with that is there's you know they say there's an increase in cost to do so which they would have to put onto the consumer but going back to a couple episodes before about slowing down mm-hmm. maybe that's what needs to happen maybe growth doesn't need to be a bazillion percent this quarter maybe it can only be Half 0.9 bazillion, bazillion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody's still making money. It's a little bit slower, but we're also maybe not set, not setting fire to that you know the chair we're sitting on. Hmm. Yeah, and I do want to say that while everybody gave Apple quite a hard time over the admittedly cringy element of their keynote that focused on environmentalism, at least they were doing something, right? Hmm. Like at least. Apple have always done this. You can go into the store with whatever your phone is, whether it's an iPhone or something else, and hand it over. They are making a point that their products are trying to be more energy efficient, more recycled, more this, more that. Yeah. I would rather they did something. Hmm. Like maybe it's not enough, but it's something. And it's, it's a it's, start. It's it's a start. And it it's a shame that this is sort of like an exception rather than the rule. Yeah. So... There's this, and maybe this is part of another thing that I want from indulgently minimal, because it's something that I want from myself, positivity, rather than, maybe there's also like a punk rock element to this, where I've always said one of the things that draws me to punk music, I'm getting there, don't worry, this is a complete tangent, is the idea of they approach negative emotions with a righteous anger as opposed to an inward lens. So rather than, 
oh, I feel sad and I'm going to write about how sad that makes me. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to go and take fight to the thing that yeah. is making me sad. Th mm. Let's find out why. That's the attitude that we want here. Also, just a quick one. If you want to find positivity where, te you know, where tech's involved, if you look on the batteries, there's like a little cross and a negative, and that will show you where the positive end of the battery I quit the Thank podcast. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> out. I'm back, baby. Hey, well, I guess I guess we need some of this uh, short circuiting just to lighten up the mood a little. <laughs> well, yeah, we either need well, this is it. These are the strategies. Actually, you're right. These are the strategies we need because you know, whenever we look at this stuff, and we need to, at least when we are in of ourselves at a place that we can look at it, we need to look at it. We need to face the fact that that not everything's perfect. We need to face mm. the fact that this needs dealing with. And when you are mentally not in a place to deal with that, it's okay to look away. It's okay to take care of yourself. I know we say this a lot, but I think sometimes someone out there needs to hear this. You are worth it. You are worth looking after, even if the person that's looking after you is you. Mm. Absolutely. And then when you are, when you have the emotional bandwidth, you can come back and you can look at the these situations. And yes, these are the strategies we need. We need humor. We need anger, but not the kind of self-hurting anger, more like the righteous punk rock anger. Give I'm me angry and I'm gonna do something about it. I want yeah. to do something about it. I want to find out why this is happening, how this is happening, and together we might be able to work out a way of fixing it. You know, sometimes we need a petition and we need to be sitting down at the table and talking about solutions. And sometimes we need to be throwing a brick through a window. Like, uh -huh. these are the emotions that are... Careful. <laughs> metaphorical. metaphorical. <laughs> the metaphorical brick through the metaphorical window. Yep. I mean, you're right. It's an emotional thing. But these are the emotions that can be helpful when mm -hmm. dealing... Like, feeling angry is okay. Yeah, well, feeling angry... It's, it's normal. And, so, and sometimes we need to be angry. We need to be angry at the companies who knew that they were hurting the environment 50 years before they admitted they were hurting the environment. There is only one emotion there that is right. And to suppress that and go, oh, well, you know, like you're going to hurt yourself mm -hmm. yeah. with that emotion. And these, and, and that's why, like, we have to recognize that sometimes, like, it's the company, even the companies that we like, we like Apple products, we like Disney movies, we like these things, but those companies need to be taken to account and say, right, your products are hurting the environment, fix it. Mm -hmm. Well, I also, th I also think this is, the, this is one where it's very, very important to think that these companies need to be taken for task. Very, very true. But a business is a... It's, it's it's a bizarre entity of made uppery, and there are there are people there there are people people yeah. need to be held responsible for this. There are individuals mm. out there right now who need to be held accountable for this, and that's the, and, and that's where it is. The, there are biz the businesses are a, a conglomerate and a shield doing the action, but there are individuals making these decisions on a daily basis, mm -hmm. and they are the ones that need to be they're the ones that need to be spoken to and held accountable. They are as much a uh, human being as you are or I am, and they are as culpable as you are or I am mm -hmm. for all of this. 
And in, 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 in almost like cyclical manner, it's, it's ironic. Like we are ha- hard ingrained to look at where the money is. Where's the money, Lebowski? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me have a look down there. It might be, I think it's still down there. <laughs> uh, as, as much as we as individuals are hard ingrained to look where the money is, basically corporations are the same. Although, you know, it's a much larger scale and it's a much longer time span. But it, it's true. It's like, you know, this, this vote with your wallet thing, mm. it works on the much larger scale of people aren't yeah. buying the wrong things. These companies aren't gonna, going to be pumping yeah. out the wrong things yeah. in Very the scales that they are. Like where we have, we have agency and we should exercise it. Mm. Well, here's the thing. I wanted to say that once we've all like taken a step back, we've uh, had our cooling, you know, G-Seng green tea. I would like to rage. <laughs> <laughs> yes. After we've run out of rage slots and our barbarian has had his green tea, mm-hmm. we can also, yeah, rather than like railing against the machine we also have ourself as you're you're right if we don't buy it they'll stop selling it now it's very difficult because we're trying to get the whole world to come around to the same view but Mm. this is where minimalism comes back and every now and again we here at indulgently minimal talk about minimalism (laughs) ah the sales of a fascinating concept what is it what does it, what does it mean? We're trying, to be, we, we try to minimalize the talk about it, you know, because yes. we, we don't want to shove it in your face. You're like, you know. Mm. No, like I have said multiple times, I'm a minimalist in training. I like my indulgences. I like my shiny iPhones and I like my cake with icing and candles and fondant middle and... I thought you were going to say fondue and I was about to be mildly disgusted. <laughs> yeah. Fondant. I'm, I'm sorry, the only thing going through my Dost head is like, mmm, velour. <laughs> <laughs> Gif noted down for the men. <laughs> That's a great show, by the way. We have referenced it a couple times, yes. <laughs> Maybe a bit too much. It's like, is that our entire personality? References to the yeah. show. Mm-mm. Yes. Yes, yes that's, fi- that's fine. I'm okay with this. <laughs> I made my peace with this. To be honest, minimalism for me definitely comes down to... Tra- and that's why we're indulgently minimal. I want to have the nice things, but I want to be really minimalist about it. So if mm-hmm. I'm going to buy a nice iPhone, that thing better last me half a decade again, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And... I will be contributing less to the e-waste if I'm not buying every new shiny, every new PSP Vita that I think is going to solve some imaginary problem in my life and ends up just being the little black box that I go, why did I buy you? Hmm. I never play you. You weren't what I needed and I should have known that. Hmm. I want to minimize on that or minimalize. I can never remember the difference. Future episode, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> or uh, an email, if somebody could clarify, <laughs> we'd be appreciative, indulgently minimal at gmail.com. Maybe we don't buy the disposable things. I am very much trying to remove plastic from my life in general. Mm. And I am annoyingly evangelistic about this. Please stop buying plastic junk. They found microplastic in clouds, guys. What? We've got to stop. We've really got to stop. This is getting so much worse. Like we found it in the fish and now we're finding it in the clouds. We found it in the clouds. There was a a bag at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. It's it's, it's everywhere. We got to stop. We got to stop, guys. Mm. We do. And, you know, as much as like I love like little action figures and little kinder surprises, maybe that's not great for everybody. 
how awesome would it be if a Kinder Egg, like the inside shell, was made out of like a biscuit, like a fortune cookie? So you mm-hmm. still get the toy, but it's inside a biscuit instead of a plastic egg. And that way, nobody's going to choke on it. Just, uh, just throwing, throwing it out there. You, you know. could be on Ashley, 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 no, edit that, edit that out. They'll, t- they'll steal my idea. I could be a billionaire. I could be creating the microplastics. <laughs> 47 million <laughs> I'm the cats. <laughs> well, this, this is terrifying. It's like, that, that is reflective of human nature. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. like literally you can watch like people whenever they smell the concept of money, their eyes literally turn <laughs> into dollar signs. No matter where in the world they're from, it's a green American yeah. dollar sign every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, we can also like, I think we can do our part and we can feel good about doing our part by just simply not buying things we don't need. That's the Ma- start. That's that the is start. The, that, that's the start, and it's mm. and it's a start that everybody, all of us can do. No, no matter where we are, who we are, what we are, everybody can at least start on that first step. And mm-hmm. that's what and what indulgently minimal is to me is about carving out this cozy little space where our minimalist setups, our minimalist apartments, our minimalist lifestyle is still an indulgence. We can indulge in the right things, indulge in the things that make us happy, make us feel cozy and calm. I want that. And I want that to be LED fairy lights that will, you know, last for 10 years instead of a bulb, you know, big halogen Edison bulb that burns out in a, in a year, Mm -hmm. six months. I don't know. We had never-ending light bulbs. We don't use them. I think because they're horribly energy inefficient. But still, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we had this conversation about any, any, you know anything that produces light via heat. Cool, but not cool, but not cold, but neat, <laughs> but very energy inefficient, mm-hmm. but very neat. But we can, I think, indulgence can be sustainable. Indulgence can be positive. It doesn't have to mean the big artery-clogging chocolate cake of you know disposable power banks. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 rambling. I know. I think I think you're right. I yeah. I, I think I, like sustainability is the goal, and yeah. there is the challenges to make things that we want and we like sustainable because we can't live in a world where we've all got the one spoon and we're con- you know contemplating the fork and all that. There's no substance to it. It's empty. We need as 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 creatures, we need these little comforts, and those comforts need to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, small, small tangent. Well, we were coming on to final thoughts anyway, so... Uh... <laughs> no, just just a small tangent. I, I do have a friend. I do have a friend who has... Ooh, look at a... you with a friend, fancy. <laughs> Rub it in my face, why don't you? <laughs> no, Zoidberg has friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have a friend who has uh, been using a classic-style straight razor. Oh yeah, uh, the, the safety, the safe. Oh wait, oh like the, no, the flick out the Sweeney, you mean the, the Sweeney Todd, the Sweeney Todd ones, yeah. <laughs> All right, but he's been he's been using that same like straight razor for the past almost fifteen years, and he didn't even realize wow. that he's been using it for that long. It's just wow. I bought it many years ago, kept it you know well maintained, and it's still serving him to this day. There's an episode in that actually no. talking about like you know looking after the things that look after you. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean that's that's a fantastically sustainable because 
Yeah, disposable. Even if you're using like a safety razor, you're still mm-hmm. disposing of the blades. Although so, I, I, I will just put out there for those of us of the shinier uh, side of life, like a straight razor is a terrifying thing when you're trying to do it on your head and the thing goes out of sight. Uh, you're in the mirror that? and like, yeah, everything uh, becomes a little on frightening. Very carefully. Instead <laughs> <laughs> avoiding all the nicks. It does remind me of a story my cousin once told me about shaving his head with a safety razor. Like oh with a with a straight razor like that yeah mm-hmm. and I think his uh, his words were his hair was afraid to grow for at least three months. <laughs> he said it was afraid to come back out for a few days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the the reason why I bring the story up is because like sometimes it is difficult to find these items that will serve you this well. Yes. So far forward into the future, and and with We've tech it's almost it. inevitable that it has a, a lifespan. We've talked about it, and this is why the the loss of so many comparison websites to, you know, empoopification, all of the other issues of, you know, that we've discussed in previous episodes, finding those unicorn items of, a, yes, this will be with you for the rest of your life. It's hard now because of the noise being presented. So it's another tragedy there, but also a shining, hopeful beacon of these things exist. You can find the items that will look after you and the environment at the same time. And if that's not a, a minimally indulgent, indulgently minimal item, I don't know what is. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. That's perfect. I think that really, that that's what we want. And that that's what today's episode was about. So thank you, Murdoch. That was perfect. <laughs> I, I guess the excitement in, you know, basically that journey to find these things as opposed to actually acquire them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> find. Yeah. I like that. The real treasure was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I was going to say that. Don't steal my joke. That joke is mine. <laughs> I'm the cat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you've enjoyed that one as much as we have. Next week will be yet another one of our patented blobcasts where we're going to take a bit of a step back and... Again, since we've been talking a little more on the negative side these past few episodes, we're really going to lean into the positives. We are entering the truly coziest of seasons with pumpkin spice in the air and autumn colors. Oh, I'm I'm a big autumn fan. I know Jeff and his sweaters is a big fan. It's jumper weather, jumper weather's coming. Jumper weather. (laughs) Tis the season to be spooky. Oh, yeah. Also the season to be spooky. We will be joining us for that in two weeks time so look forward to that please check us out we're on instagram we're on mastodon all the links to the socials in the show notes please sign up so that you won't miss any episodes any thoughts questions topics you want us to cover we have a halloween special coming any ideas you might have on tech or something otherwise that is spooky let us know we've got something in the pipeline there for those of you who have been supporting us thank you so much we really do appreciate everything you're doing it helps us keep the show going if you want to contribute we're on coffee the link is ko-fi.com forward slash indulgently minimal again links in the show notes i've been moggy and i've been joined today by jeff thanks guys remember to go easy on yourselves and murdoch and remember folks indulge a little thanks for listening see you for the next one bye See you later, guys. Take care.